Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up, Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. If you haven't already, go ahead, hit subscribe on YouTube, turn on those notifications and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today I'm going to introduce you to an ultra marathon runner. His name is Dean Carnassus. He was also voted Time Magazine's 100 most influential people in the world. And truly, he deserves it. I mean, this man has ran 50 mile runs, 100 mile runs. I am not a runner. If you aren't, that's okay. He's inspiring with his story, which is truly out of this world, and also giving us some tips on how he stays healthy and if you're interested in starting running, how to even get started. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I'm so excited to meet for the first time Dean Carnassus. Hi, Dean. <laughs> How are you? Welcome to the show. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me run by. <laughs> but um, sh- no, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> based on that, uh, Dean is an American ultra, ultra marathon runner. You are an author. And I'm sure, sure so much more. So I'll let you go ahead and share a little bit about you. Well, I've, uh, I'm, a, I'm basically a long distance runner. Yeah. Uh, I've run 50 marathons in all of the 50 U.S. states in 50 days. Oh, my god! I've gosh. run on all seven continents of Earth uh, twice now. So I've run across uh, the Sahara Desert in the summer. And I've run a marathon to the South Pole. So the hottest place on Earth and the coldest place on Earth. <laughs> uh, you're right. I'm also an author. I've written uh, five books, and a couple of them have been New York Times bestsellers. Uh, so I do some writing as well, and you can check out any of my books if you're interested in learning more. But uh, I'm a storyteller. I, uh, I the books are they're, they're stories, they're adventure stories. So if you want to get in, in, engaged and learn about this crazy world of ultra marathoning, uh, pick up a book. Yeah, well, I hope we can dive into ultra marathoning a little bit today, and let's let's start from the beginning because I, you know, I feel like we all our journeys all kind of lead us down this path that ultimately might not be linear, but ultimately make us who we are and make sense. So I read that you started running for fun. Was it in kindergarten? Yeah, I started running home from kindergarten. I um, <laughs> I, I was the oldest of three children, and mm-hmm. when my uh, my youngest sister came along, uh, my mom was having a hard time getting me home, and so I told her, "Mom, don't worry about it. I'll just run," and she let me. I mean, it was a, it was a different era back then. Yeah, but um, I found that I really enjoyed uh, running home. I mean, we tell kids uh, when they're young to you know to sit still and pay attention. 
And that's kind of counterintuitive. Every kid wants to, you know, not pay attention and go wild. <laughs> so I, I would pay attention until the bell rang and then I would just run out of class and, uh, and run home. So you liked it from a very early age when it came to running. Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of how I started relating to the world is through running. I just remember, uh, you know, the the seasons changing. I remember the the air would smell different, and the you know the it feel different on my skin. The leaves would change colors, and I just I, I really I you know I, I thought sitting in the classroom wasn't the the best way to get educated. I thought you know being out in the world was the best way to be educated. Ah, yes, I like that. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you enjoy running as a young kid. And at what point does this turn into what it is now? <laughs> Obviously, there's a big gap in space of time in between, hey, I'm running home from school to, you know, I, I you, you ran 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days. I'm like, <laughs> whoa. So, how does that love for running evolve over the years? Yeah, well, I, I ran competitively when I was uh, younger. So I ran competitively up until I was a freshman in high school. And we won the cross country championships. And I thought that's as far as I can take my running. I mm -hmm. was 15 years old and I thought running's boring. You know, there's, there's better ways to spend my time than, than running. So I quit running when I was 15. And you I somehow, thought it was boring? I thought it was boring at that point. I'm like, ah, well, I'm spending okay. so much time running. It's, there's got to be better ways to spend my time. I was, I was a teenager. You know, teenagers, you know, your, your mind is all over the place. So I somehow graduated from high school, and then I got into college. I somehow graduated from college, and I thought, <laughs> okay, I need a graduate degree. So I somehow made it through graduate school, and then I decided, oh, I need a business degree. So I somehow got an MBA, <laughs> and I had a very I think you're selling yourself job. short yeah, I mean, here. I was, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, I was, you know, in my late 20s, uh, I had a, I, a plush office in San Francisco as a marketing executive. I had a company car, you know, stock options, a fat paycheck, you know, 401k matching, healthcare, all those things. And those are supposed to bring us happiness, right? We're kind of told if we get a good education, get a good job, happiness will follow. And well, I did those things and emptiness followed. And on the night of my 30th birthday, I was in a bar in San Francisco doing what a lot of us do on our 30th birthdays. <laughs> I was celebrating uh, with my friends. And at midnight, I told them I was leaving. And they said, hold it, it's your 30th birthday. You know, the night is young. Let's have another <laughs> round of tequila to celebrate. And I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to celebrate by running 30 miles right now instead. And they, they looked at me and they said, well, you're not a runner, you're you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I am, but I'm still going to do it. And I walked out of the bar and I'll never forget. I didn't own running gear, but I had on these like comfortable silk boxer shorts, these silk underwear. So I I just peeled off my pants, <laughs> threw it down into the alleyway and just started stumbling off into the night uh, heading south i knew there was a town called half moon bay that was 30 miles away and i thought you know what just run to half moon bay I you see my face right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay i want to hear how this ends okay <laughs> yeah well i mean uh it didn't end it wasn't pretty how it ended i mean there was some chafing and some uh, blistering where the sun don't shine but i i somehow made it i mean i i sobered up after about 10 miles and i thought what on earth am I doing? Like, this is 
this is crazy. Uh, but something just felt right. The, you know, the stars were out and I was on, I was on a backcountry road all by myself. And it was, you know, two in the morning and I didn't, I wasn't scared. I, I felt really kind of alive, like more alive than I'd ever felt before. So I just kept running and uh, about seven and a half hours later, um, the sun rose and I made it to Half Moon Bay. All right. So tell me what was going through your mind when on your 30th birthday, you say to your friends, I mean, I'm going to run 30 miles. Was it a combination of the alcohol and the love for running <laughs> or what, what was going on? I guess maybe now looking back at it in retrospect. I didn't enjoy business. I won't say I wasn't a good business guy. I was half decent at it, but I just, I hated it. I didn't feel like it was me. I wasn't a business. It was just, it wasn't who I was. <laughs> and by business, you mean like a corporate kind of lifestyle? Yeah, corporate kind of life. Yeah. You know, I didn't, uh, I wasn't into the corporate scene. And I kind of had, a, I think, an epiphany on that night. I kind of saw myself at 50 years old and I thought, you're going to be 50 years old, you're going to be fat and bald, and you're going to drive a red Ferrari, you know, and be on your third wife. Uh, is this the life you want? Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought, <laughs> I'm going to run away from that because it's not who I am and it's not what I want. And so I just, uh, maybe it was escapism, but I, I disappeared. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Kind of hearing your story, it sounds like you were running away from figuratively who you were at that moment. Yeah, the whole idea of uh, happiness, I think uh, I had to figure it out. I was I didn't achieve it <laughs> by the time I was 30. And I thought you need to step back and uh, and, and figure this thing out because Life is short and mm -hmm. you want to live it to the fullest. So you hadn't run actually in 15 years. Is that right? At that point? That's that's absolutely right. Yep. I want to know what was the conversation like with your your friends later on? The, like, who was the first person you called? How did you get home? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to date myself by saying this was before cell phones. <laughs> So uh, I ended up at a, a 7-Eleven, you know, a convenience store, mm -hmm. and there was a payphone out in front, and I called my wife, and she, I, I woke her up. I he called her Collect, and she was, you know, she was obviously very concerned. She said, you, you've never been out all night like this. I, I mean, I'm so worried about you. Is everything okay? And I said, everything's fine. I just, I need to ride home. And she said, oh, sure. No questions asked. You know, I'll come get you. Where are you at? And I said, I'm out in front of 7-Eleven. And she said, the 7-Eleven the on Geary Street? There was a 7-Eleven about a mile from our house. And I said, no, the 7-Eleven the in Half Moon Bay. <laughs> and she, she said, what? Half Moon Bay, how did you get there? And I said, I ran. And she said, you ran from where? And I said, I, I walked out of the bar and I ran to Half Moon Bay. And she said, you don't sound very stable. Just hold tight, I'll be right there. Oh, and she drove down and, and picked me up. Oh, wow. That's a that's an insane story. I love it, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so how is this where the switch happens and how you start running again and running marathons? What happens after this point? Yeah, I start I start running again. So I'm living in San Francisco. Uh, I'm like becoming a runner, like, you know, like a lot of runners can relate to every every day or every other day I'd go running. And I'd run like three to five miles. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm getting pretty fit. And 
and I thought this is great. I'm in such wonderful shape. Like I'm a long distance runner. And one day these two guys passed me as I was running up a hill and it was as though they were a different species. I mean, they were so fit, so far beyond my level. It, it just, it shocked me. And they, they ran up over this hill and I thought, God, I wish I could have talked to them to see what's going on with those guys. I get to the top of the hill and, and they're up there doing push-ups. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask these guys what's going on. <laughs> so I finally pried out of them that they are training for a 50 mile race. Okay. And I said, hold it. How far is it? Like, that's farther than a marathon, isn't it? And they said, yeah, marathon's 26.2 miles. We're going to try to run 50 miles. And I just, I could not get my head around this. I thought that's, that's impossible. Like I can't even, I, I can't drive 50 miles, let alone run 50 miles. A human can't do this. Mm -hmm. And so I said to him, you know, where are the, where are the campgrounds along the way? Or where are the hotels? Like, where do you stop and, and sleep? And he, one guy just said, no, but nobody, the gun goes off and you, and you start running and you stop when you cross the finish line. And I was just so blown away by it. And the final thing I asked him is like, you know, where is this race? <laughs> I thought this is so crazy. I got it. I got to try it. I'll, 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 I just thought this conversation will stay with me the rest of my life. Uh, and I'll always wonder, could I pull it off? So I went to this 50 mile race. And let me tell you, it was the toughest thing I had ever done. I mean, it, it hurt so bad and it took me, you know, over nine hours and of continuous running. Oh my and goodness. I was so wounded at the finish line. I remember I was sitting in, in a medic tent, you know, with those, one of those Mylar sheets they put around runners. And I was just kind of sitting in there shivering and I saw those two guys and they were high-fiving each other. And I heard them say, we qualified, we qualified. And I thought, well, what did you qualify for? The insane asylum? <laughs> and, they, and they said, no, we qualified for the Western States 100 mile endurance run. And I said, hold it. Did you say 100, 100 miles? And guys like, yeah, it's a 100 mile race. And it's not only 100 miles, it's through the mountains on wilderness trails. And you got to cross a river. And I thought, well, you know, how do you eat? How do you, you know, how do you see at night? It's like you, you eat while you run, you put on a headlamp at night to light the trail and you run and you try to finish it in under 24 hours. And I just thought that's impossible. Like no human being can run for 24 hours. Like that's a horse can't even do that. <laughs> and, and, and the guy, the final thing he said to me as they were walking away is, Hey, you know what, buddy, you qualified as well. And when he said you qualified as well, I just thought, I'll never live down this moment unless I try this. <laughs> you didn't realize that you qualified? I didn't know. No, he said the qualification. I didn't even know about this 100-mile race. And he said that you had to finish in under 10 hours and you made it. So you're, you, you qualified for this 100-mile race. Okay. All right. You got to explain something to the non-runner over here. <laughs> um, and I will say at one point, in my college years, I used to run as much as six miles in a day. So anywhere between three and six miles, I'd say four to five times a week. So I, and I was doing it purely for fitness. I didn't like any part of it. Like <laughs> I was just doing it to be in shape. I never 
enjoyed any aspect of it. And then I started getting the, <laughs> getting the shin splints and the blisters. And so I, I'm trying to relate, but I, I want to understand because it's fascinating to me. Um, you're talking about being at the end of this 50 mile race and just shivering and ha- how much pain you were in. What is the appeal? I think it was just the, the quest to see how far I could go. Um, could I pull this off? I mean, it seemed so impossible to me to run a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. It just seemed it, everything that you just described, the pain, you know, the, the unpleasantness, the discomfort, I just thought, could I endure? Like, could I actually do this? Mm-hmm. And I had, there was so much self-doubt as you can imagine. Uh, but I thought I, I just, I, I'll never live it down unless I try and I, and I made it. And, you know, once I made it, I proved that nothing is impossible and the lessons I learned carry over from running into life. So I was so glad that I ran that hundred mile race because I learned more about myself during those hundred miles than I had ever known before. And it was funny, uh, the guy at the start of the race, he said, you know, look around at the start. There are about 350 of you here. Uh, many of you won't make it. And he said, I, you know, I applaud you for having the courage to try. And he said, those of you that make it 100 miles, you will cross that finish line as a different person than the one that I'm talking to right now. Ultra marathoning is a thing. There is right. a whole culture of these sort of people like me <laughs> that run these crazy distances. And some of the races, there is one race, it's a 100 mile race um, near a prison, it's called Barclays. And there's, there's only there's been less than 20 people that have ever made it period. And there's mm. been 1000s that have tried. So only 20 people have ever finished this race in total. Wow. And are you one of them? <laughs> no, I haven't done that one. But I've okay. done others that are similar. I've done one called the uh, the Badwater Ultra Marathon, which is uh, 135 miles across Death Valley mm. in the middle of summer, mm. where the temperature gets up to over 120 yeah. degrees. I think it's always so much more about the mental game, the mental aspect of it than it actually is the physical. Obviously, you still have to train your body, you have to be in shape, you have to do all those things. But it really comes down to that belief in yourself because you mentioned that self-doubt all of those probably you know negative thoughts that may pop up in your mind but it's really just knowing that you can do it believing in yourself and then pushing yourself a little bit further and probably also a little bit over the thrill of you know completing that next challenge and pushing yourself to the next level am i right (laughs) yeah i mean so much so and i think with you know with this particular sport uh, it teaches you about grittiness and perseverance because you you know you 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 face all those things that you describe when you run it it sucks right it you know you have blisters <laughs> you know you're nauseous uh, everything hurts and all you want to do is stop and how do you find the the inner resolve the inner strength to keep going either through mental tricks or just sheer <laughs> toughness and stubbornness you get through it. And you learn that, God, I can get through things that I thought I'd never be able to get through. And, you know, that helps when you're in business situations, when you're in just general life situations. So what would that be for you? Or what are some of those things that that's been for you that you kind of see that translate to another area of your life that you feel like, hey, this 
uh, kind of mental fortitude that I've built up through running has really helped me in these situations in other areas of my life. It certainly taught me about patience. <laughs> you know, when you're running 100 miles, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sprint. You know, yeah. you, you need to pace yourself. Yeah. So it teaches you about patience. It teaches you about discipline. Uh, you can't fake your way through a 100-mile race. You have to train. So preparation. You can't skimp in your preparation. You learn very quickly if you take shortcuts. They don't work. So you learn about that same sort of thing when you're going to give a business presentation. Like, I'm, you know, you don't take shortcuts because right. you know it leads to a, a failure or a product that's subpar. Mm. Uh, you also learn that, you know, you're tougher than you think you are and you can go further than you think you can. So that, again, that grittiness and that resolve to get through anything uh, carries over from running. Yeah, no, I love that. You're tougher than you think you are. Totally. Um, and I, I love that that lesson of it. What would be um, your advice for, let's say, someone who, you know, is somewhat fit, but th doesn't run, let's say, and is interesting, interested in starting? Is there any advice that you could give to someone who's just kind of in those early stages of wanting to incorporate more running in their lives? Yeah, I mean, the, my practical advice is just invest in a good pair of shoes. Mm, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, running footwear technology in the past couple of years has advanced so far. So, you know, go to a, a running specialty store mm -hmm. and get a good pair of, you know, have some, a knowledgeable salesperson fit you in a good pair of shoes and you'll be a lot more comfortable. And then I would say uh, start by running for time, not distance. So you won't you don't need any sort of sophisticated GPS watch or you don't even need to use your your phone. Just you can use a wristwatch and just try to run for five continuous minutes. And to a seasoned athlete, they're going to say, oh, that come on, that's just that's easy. But to mm -hmm. someone just starting out, five minutes is tough when you when you're just starting out running and it sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But the idea is to run for five continuous minutes. And when I tell people this challenge, they typically they take off like they're sprinting and they make it about three minutes and then they got to walk. And I say, well, you failed. Mm -hmm. The idea is to start walking when you hit five minutes. So just pace yourself so that you can run five minutes. And at the end of five minutes, you're spent. But don't walk before five minutes and then work up to 10 minutes and then work up to 15 minutes. And once you can run 15 continuous minutes, then try to run what's called a 5k which is 3.1 miles and kind of that progression uh will build your endurance be patient mm. you, you don't see the benefits of running right away and that's one of the problems a lot of people give up before it gets easier but i promise you it, it will get easier but it takes time mm -hmm. and when you say you don't see the benefits of, of running right away what what are some of those benefits mentally it's very good for your mental state uh, obviously, it's good for your physical state. You know, your uh, your blood pressure decreases. Uh, you know, your resting heart rate goes down. Um, you know, we know about endorphins, right? You get that good feeling, that runner's high. So all of those things. You know, running is 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 the single, you know, the best return on your in your fitness investment is running. I mean, there's no other pure sport other than maybe just doing burpees. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> you know, those you can only do so many burpees. So, you know, running is just once you start running, you're running. I mean, you know, like I, I cycle as well. So I, I do a lot of riding 
And there are these, you know, things they call junk miles when you're riding a bike where you're just kind of coasting. With running, there's there's just no coasting. If you're if you're running, your heart rate's elevated and your you know you're moving. Hmm. Okay. So fast forward to now, we kind of you you told me about the the early 30s or so in this transition. Um, well, I'm curious as to what your your family and your friends said. At what point do you say goodbye corporate America and turn this into your your career? Yeah. So I did. All the things that you know a runner can relate to, I, I I kept up my game face when I was at the office. You know, I pretend pretend I was still in the game. But when my friends would go to lunch, you know, I'd say oh, I'm not going to join you for lunch today. I'd go for a one hour run, and I'd like do a sponge bath in the sink, <laughs> and go back to the to my cubicle. Uh, and I did that, you know, kind of that moonlighting as a runner for quite a while. <laughs> And, and then I thought, you know, I wanted to write, I always wanted to write a book. Uh, so I, I wrote this book called Ultra Marathon Man. And I thought, you know, five of my buddies buy this book, I'll be lucky. And it was a, a New York Times bestseller. Congratulations. Like it just sold hundreds of thousands of copies. Mm. And I thought, why are people interested in this obscure sport of ultra marathoning? Like, this is so bizarre to me. I, I, it's not what I expected at all. But I saw that there was, there was something beyond running it this ultra marathoning transcended running in a certain way and it inspired people it really yes. motivated and energized people so i thought maybe you can make a go of it just dedicating your life to you know being an ultra marathoner so the it sounds like the turning point for you was really the book yep yeah it very much was what do you think it was about the book that caught on that so many people ended up buying it i mean did you you know, have the, the, the marketing and the publisher behind you? Like, how did that all happen where it just took off? <laughs> that was a bizarre thing. I mean, I, you know, it was Penguin Books published a book, but, you know, my editor, he, he didn't really do much. He just said, oh, you know, go write the book. He didn't give me much guidance. I thought, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a writer, so I got to learn how to write. And I just turned to the manuscript and he said, oh, thanks. And the book went to press. <laughs> And all of a sudden it just like, it was like a wildfire. Just, I started getting calls from like, you know, David Letterman's show and uh, Good Morning America, 60 Minutes. And I'm like, why are they wanting to interview me? <laughs> it, it energizes people hearing that another person ran a, can run a hundred miles and that someone did it. And like talking to someone who says I ran a hundred miles because the first time I heard it, uh, it was just shocking. Like I, I as I explained, like, I couldn't get my head around it. I thought that's impossible. And when you talk to someone and realize, no, they're just another human being and they, and they did this, uh, it, it energizes you, I think, in a certain way. And I think that, you know, the book, it's about running in a way, but it's its not what you would expect. Like if, if you're gonna, if I was gonna say, here, read my book, I'm a runner, it's a book about running, you would think, oh, this is not gonna be a very interesting book, but it's its not at all about running. its its a, It's very different than that and so many, People that read the book say, wow, that's not what I expected at all. It was just amazing. And, you know, that I never get tired of hearing that. So tell us a little bit, you know, what people can expect from the book and also where we can find it. Well, my, my most recent book is called The Runner's High. And, you know, mm. I mean, just before we came in the interview, I, I was looking through my email and there was an email that came in through my website. And it was a guy said that uh, he was going to read a couple chapters of my book last night. 
And he said, six hours later, he finished the book. <laughs> and then he said, and then I went running. Like I just, I had to go running. And I said, were you a runner? He's like, no, I used to run when I was in college, but I haven't run in years. And it just inspired him to go running. So it's, it's a story about family. It's a story about, um, you know, overcoming hardship, uh, dealing with obstacles, you know, dealing with adversity and somehow persisting. Time Magazine named you one of their 10 most influential people. It was 100. They have okay. a Time Magazine. 100, oh, right. 100, yeah. 100 mm. most influential people. How mm. did that feel, getting that recognition? What did that mean to you? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you. They don't tell you you're even being nominated. Like they, because they don't want people trying to sway the judges, uh, I guess. So I just got an email from a friend. He's like, you're not going to believe this. You're one of the 100 most influential people in the world. I thought he was kidding me. I'm like, come on, you got to be kidding. And then I saw the list and I'm like, oh, <laughs> the voting must be rigged or something. I don't know how I ended up on that list, but yeah. This is, it's, you know, this is all very amazing to me, but talking to you, it's like how you just said, oh, that was weird. This, it almost, seems my perception of your reaction to my questions uh feels like you still feel like this is all a little surreal is it in some sense <laughs> not just some sense i mean it is surreal <laughs> I, I can't believe it i mean yeah no i in my most recent book i write there's a chapter about um i got invited to run into the white house so i was running across america from los angeles to new york city and, and the route goes right through Washington, D.C. And as I'm running into Washington, D.C., I get a call from someone that says, hey, I'm at the White House. Uh, there's, there's an individual here that wants to meet you. Would you mind stopping by on your run? And I thought it was a prank call. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Who's this individual? And they said, well, her name's Michelle. And I'm like, oh, Michelle. Like, Michelle who? So I thought it was like maybe like a sous chef in the kitchen or like a security detail was Michelle. And she's like, well, her last name's Obama. Like, do you, you know, I know you've been running across the country, Dean, but do you know who Michelle Obama is? I'm like, yes, I know who the first lady is. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And hours later, I'm embracing Michelle Obama on the South Lawn of the White House. And this is, it's a true story. And I write about it, how just absolutely surreal it was running down Pennsylvania Avenue and watching the gate to the White House open and, you know, this, this, guy with a big rifle saying, hey, come right through here. She's waiting for you. <laughs> it, that it was is, unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. It's like a fairy tale. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that, that is unbelievable. I mean, it's actually amazing all the things that running has done for you and ha the doors it's opened in your life. So what role does run running play in your life today? You know, running in so many ways has become my identity. Uh, you know, it's people know me as a, as a runner. And, uh, you know, I write about it in my book, um, you know, I'm hundred percent Greek as well. And, you know, the, the Oracle at Delphi, we always hear the saying, uh, know thyself. So it's one thing to, to know thyself, but the second proclamation was be thyself. Do you feel, and I'm glad that you said that, that you've achieved happiness. And do you feel like you are truly yourself now in comparison to when you look at that person who is just turning 30 years old and still working in corporate America. Yeah, I think, you know, when you when you dedicate yourself to, you know, to your life's passion to 
I kind of think this is why I was put on earth, just to be a runner. And um, I, I know it's just running. <laughs> it's such a simple act, but it, it's, it's in my heart. So. Lastly, I always like to ask, I know, actually, I really loved your, your tip on those who want to start running. I'm actually going to give that a try with the, you know, running for time versus distance. I love that. Um, and then a good pair of running shoes. But I also just like to ask in general, like a health or happiness tip, since that's really, um, you know, the theme of what we talk about on this show. And if there's anything that you practice on a daily basis or that you implement in your life, that's an important part of your health and wellness routine that maybe you would give as advice to others that you feel like is helpful. Wow. I love to spend the whole interview on that question. But, um, you know, one, again, practical tip is something uh, that I've been doing for about 10 years. Uh, I, from the moment I get out of bed in the morning until the moment I go back uh, into bed at night, uh, I never sit down. So you can see even now I'm standing up during this interview. Yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'm driving somewhere from on a plane, obviously I have to sit down. Right. But other than that, I literally never sit down. You see my face right now. Okay, so now we have. <laughs> okay, you never sit down through the from the moment you get up. No, and you'd be amazed if when people try it, they're always they always say to me, "Well, aren't you exhausted at the end of the day?" The reality is, you feel so much more energetic at the end of the day versus sitting. So, I've I do all my writing, I do everything standing up. How long have you been doing that? Over ten years. Ten years. Holy. And I'm guessing that probably has a lot of health benefits too. Yeah. I mean, I'm constantly bending my knees and bouncing up on my toes. So I'm conditioning my feet. Yeah. I think uh, I would just highly recommend it. You would highly recommend it. Mm. Okay. So how would one start? Okay. I'm guessing you'd have to have a standing desk. Um. I'll tell you a hack because I, I learned <laughs> this hack because I do, I do, I do travel a lot. And whenever I go to a hotel, uh, I always ask if there's an ironing board in my room, you know, an iron, like an old fashioned ironing board, which and I always get weird looks like, why does this guy want an ironing board? Uh, all he's got is running gear. But anyway, uh, <laughs> set up an ironing board and make that your stand up desk. Ah, okay. And then anything else that we should think about that would prevent us i mean i guess you got to stay away from the couch <laughs> don't be tempted yeah I, I mean you you think it's weird but a lot of times you see people eating standing up at a counter right mm -hmm. like i i mean if i'm gonna eat with my family and we're gonna have a sit down dinner yes i sit down but if not uh i i eat standing up and i just feel like it helps my digestion and everything wow huh I mean, is this something like the running that you have to start with five minutes a day and, <laughs> and build up to it? <laughs> or are we just going like full day? I say it's baptism by fire. Just set up that ironing board and hop in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love it. I that I have to say, that is a tip I have never heard before on this show. <laughs> so thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else, Dean, that I didn't ask you that you want to add? No, I think we, this is, you know, this is great. I mean, I, I live on the West Coast. So if any of the listeners find yourself up in Northern California in the San Francisco Bay Area and you want to go running, hit me up and I'll show you some uh, some nice paths. Oh, my gosh, that's so nice. And also share share with us where we can find the book, 
connect with you on social media, on the website, all the places. So I'll make sure we link to that below as well. <laughs> Someone told me if you Google Dean, I'm, I'm the first one that comes up. So <laughs> just Google Dean and you can type in a K for my last name. And yeah, I mean, I've got a website, I'm on social media and all my books are there. So I'm not hard to find. <laughs> all right, we'll make sure to link to all those below as well. So. Uh, we can find you on social media, find the website, and also find your five books. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dean. This has really been eye-opening and honestly, some of the most practical, useful tips that I've heard. So thank you so much for that. Always happy to share. Again, thanks for having me on. I am truly blown away by Dean's wild stories from running 30 miles at night during his 30th birthday and all of his other wild runs since then. It's truly mind boggling, but admirable. So if you're interested in learning more about Dean, make sure to go below in the show notes, find more about him, connect with him, all the good things that's down below. And if you aren't also connected with me, make sure you do that too. I don't know why not. I would hate for you to miss out because you know we come back each and every week with new episodes. So you wanna stay connected. I'm on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm all the places. Turn on notifications and you won't miss out. So when I see you back next week, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.